Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We cry out to you. We join the angels around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy. For you are worthy of all praise and worship and adoration. Like the elders, we fall down on our faces and declare to you, you are the only God. You are the only one. To you be glory and honor and praise from generation to generation and forevermore. We give you honor in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Welcome. Welcome, and we're glad of those you, you're visiting with us. Thank you for being here. We're glad you're here. And those that are watching online, we are excited that you have come to be a part of this worship service. We're excited about what God is doing. He is holy. Amen. He is holy. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine this morning. Uh, he's perhaps my best friend, my closest ally, my coach. My greatest defender, and at times my greatest admirer. He's teaching me how to live my life, reach my destiny, and change my world. Now this friend of mine has been overlooked and taken for granted, neglected and rejected by far too many for far too long. The person I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. He is the most active and least credited of the Godhead. He's the promise of the Father And the gift of the Son. He was poured out on Pentecost forever to remain. And when He comes, He comes with gifts. Aren't you glad when somebody comes to visit you, they bring you gifts? The Holy Spirit wants to visit us this morning. We're in a series called Charismata. The Charismata, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Charismata. You want to speak Greek this morning? Say it with me. Charismata. You just spoke Greek. That means grace gifted. Grace charismata gifts. Turn into your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to begin reading in verse 7. It says, The manifestation of the Spirit... Is given to each one for the profit of all or for the common good. For the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Next week we're going to talk about the specific charismata, the specific gifts listed here in other places in the Scripture. But this morning the Lord wouldn't let me go on until I shared today's Pentecost Sunday. Today's Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. These verses in verse 12, 1 Corinthians, they presuppose, Paul is writing to a people, he presupposes the presence that have the Holy Spirit living in them, that have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that presence was poured out on that first Pentecost in our Christian world. But Pentecost is not, first of all, a Christian 
holiday or a celebration. Pentecost was a feast of the Jews required by the Old Covenant in how he would deal with people. Each year, 50 days after Passover, the people of God were required to travel from their homes back to Jerusalem to worship God and celebrate His provision. The Pentecost we celebrate today happened to be a Pentecost in the history of Israel, but it was after Jesus had died, had risen, and had ascended to the Father that 50 days after the resurrection, Jesus introduced an entirely new way that God was going to deal with mankind called a new covenant. He introduced it by pouring out the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. A new way of how God would interact with His people. He came to live in you in The person of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts 2 verse 1. It'll be on the screen. Acts 2 verse 1. This is the the story, the account. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, they they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, And one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Filled, poured out, but filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Filled. The word here in the Greek is eplestethet. Yeah, that's easy to say. You spoke Greek better than I do, huh? This means to be wholly affected, to be influenced with or by. And literally the word comes from the root word, pleru, which means to be fully furnished. In other words, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, God was pouring out the, the fullness of the well, everything that we were going to need to live in relationship with Him. He was fully furnishing us. Nothing was left out of, of His presence nor His person who came to live in us. That was signified by the flames of fire that set over each of their heads. It, it said that every person in that room had a personal presence of God, a personal presence of the Holy Spirit. And the tongues of fire were divided or distributed over each of them. And it's amazing, if you were here last week, we talked about varieties, differences, diversities. That's the same word used here, that when those flames, they weren't all alike. Every individual had a different, appropriate flame over their head that stood out and signified the very presence of God. Fire in the Old Testament signified the presence and the power of God, the living presence of God. And they were filled. Now, Paul is presupposing that the Corinthians he's talking to about the gifts already have that. And the Lord told me, don't suppose anything. We don't, we don't need to suppose. You see, a lot of times we're more out of, after the gifts than we are the giver. And more than often than not, we think those gifts are ours. And so, Paul is saying that 
He's reminding them that it's the Holy Spirit's presence. And he had already told the Corinthians this. We just kind of jumped in in verse, in chapter 12. But if you go back to chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says this, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I could ask you the same thing this morning. Do you not know? That you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And he didn't just say it once. In in chapter 6, verse 19, he said it this way. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Both those verses had a word that I want us to point out. The word temple. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, we understand that the temple was the place of God's. And they understood specifically that when Paul was talking about it, it was talking about the temple at Jerusalem. That the temple was the place where Jehovah, Yahweh, literally dwelt among his people. You see, there was a temple that would be been torn down and be rebuilt. And there was a temple and there was a temple mount. It had an outer court, inner court, and, and a place. And it had a holy of holies. And in that holy of holies, there was uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And on the top of the Ark of the Covenant stood two cherubim angels that their wings were almost touching. And right on top of that uh, mercy seat, on top of the Ark of the Covenant, there was a flame. The Shekinah glory of God that literally was the presence of God among His people. There's two words used in Greek of this temple. There's the temple that talks about the outer court, the inner court, the temple mount, the temple building, all including the Holy of Holies, everything. It's just kind of all-inclusive. And it was Aaron. Aaron. Aaron talked about the, the temple property. But there was another word when it talked about the Holy of Holies and it talked about the temple and it was naos. Naon or naos. When Paul uses the word temple in verse 16 of chapter 3 and verse 19 of chapter 6, he's not using the term eron, he's using the term naos. Now you say, what difference does it make? Here's how it could actually be translated. Do you not know that you are the holy of holies of God. And you're not your own. Do you not know that you, your body is the naos, the holy of holies of God. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Kind of changes the tone, doesn't it? Do you not know that the... That your body's the holy holies of God, the Holy Spirit who is in you. And not just in you, if you go back to verse 17 of chapter 6, he says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Is one spirit. Literally with him is an italics. What that means is that it's, it's just, it's presumed. In other words, it's, it helps you to understand what he was saying. He was saying that when you come to trust Jesus Christ, that God so comes to be in you and you so come to be in him, that there is literally a living union, a spirit union, that God lives in you to such an extent that your spirits are joined. That's good news. Now back to 1 Corinthians 12. That's what he was presupposing. 
He was saying, don't you realize that you are the temple? You are the naos. You're the holy of holies of God. But the manifestations of the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit that lives in you, is given to each one for the profit of all or for the common good. The word manifestation here is phanerosis. Phanerosis. Phanos, where we get our word ghost or apparition from. Phanerosis. In other words, it means to make visible. This manifestation is making that which can't be seen to be seen. Making the Holy Spirit, which is invisible to the eye, to be visible, to be apparent, to be obvious. And so Paul is saying the manifestation, the display or the disclosure of the Holy Spirit is given to each one of us. In other words, the gift that God is giving us is for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The implication here is that the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit, make visible, observable the reality of the person and presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Makes him apparent. It reveals him. They make him to be seen in a display of his glory. And here's the point I'm trying to make. The manifestation of the Spirit makes it obvious that this is more than just you or me. The gifts don't reveal me. They reveal him. And the word, the word here carries the idea of flashing forth, of, of an immediate or a spontaneous disclosure. In other words, he comes and, and the Holy Spirit does something through your gift that's so, so him that everyone recognizes it's him. That's who he is. That's what he's doing. And the, the reality of the time and the purpose and the, the truth is about him. It's not like I work up the gifts. He works through me, and it's obvious. Now, how, what does that look like? What does it feel like? There's different words used in Scripture that speak of the Holy Spirit manifesting. The Holy Spirit becoming obvious. The Holy Spirit revealing or disclosing Himself through the gifts. Through you, through Mankind. Three I want to talk about this morning. The first word is come upon. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. It means to supervene, to change the circle. In other words, to supervene. Acts 1 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. You shall receive power when he comes upon you. Intervene means when somebody steps in the middle to change the circumstances. Intervene means that, that someone is coming between two in order to change the atmosphere, to change the situation. Some of, have you ever known somebody that needs an intervention? Yeah. Intervene means to come between. Supervene means to come upon or over a situation and change the circumstances. There's times when you can be in the midst of something and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and the whole atmosphere changes. That's the comes upon. 
The whole thing is that it's not just about you. It's, it's not you working or functioning in your gift. Literally, it is the Holy Spirit that comes upon you and supervenes to change the atmosphere or the circumstances in such a way that He is seen and He is made known and the purposes of God for the good of others come upon. He empowers. He gets a whole, he sets a whole new circumstance. He enables, he gives power to change things. That's the word comes upon. The Holy Spirit comes upon in order to change, not only me, but to change the circumstances, to change the situations. The second word I want to share with you this morning is endues. Endues. And the Greek word is enduo. Enduo. It means to, to be clothed, to put on, or better yet, to be put on. It's to be, it's to invest in clothing. It's to, ladies, you know what that is, to invest in clothing. Some men know what that is too, right? To invest in clothing. In other words, it's not so much about you putting on clothes, but literally, it's the Holy Spirit puts you on like clothes. In other words, in your inability, it, right now, I have a shirt and, 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 and I literally have pants and I do have shoes and all of this is clothes. These clothes cannot move by themselves. These clothes are, are, are in weakness. They are in, you know, they can't function apart from that which is within them. And what it says, when the, when the Holy Spirit induced, Jesus said this to them, I want you to tarry at the city. This was in, in Luke 24, 49. He says, Behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you be endued or you be clothed with power from on high. In other words, God is saying, you stay in that city until I put you on like clothes and be, you'll be my witnesses. You'll be endued with dunamis, the ability to function. You know, my clothes are walking around right now. But my clothes have nothing. They can be a hindrance. My clothes, how many of you can be bound by clothes? And a lot of times we can grieve the Holy Spirit with what we try to, how we try Him to fit in us. That's another sermon. But the whole point, it's like the Holy Spirit puts you on like clothes. He comes to live in you like you live inside the clothes. Your clothes have no power, but your life empowers your clothes. The Holy Spirit moves through you like you move through your clothes. In other words, God can do things. And it's, here's what I want you to see. It becomes obvious it's not you. That's the whole point of manifestation. Manifestation is the Holy Spirit showing Himself through your gifts, through you. I'm sorry that so much of the time we take the glory of what the Father has endued us with. We take and we, we pat ourselves on the back like we've done something. Well, my clothes, when I hang them up in the closet, they are absolutely doing nothing until I put them on again. Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. You've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is here to enable you, to do you, to live through you in a way that the world will recognize Him and give glory to God, and it'll be for the good of others. In duo. Now, my favorite one today is because it's a fresh revelation for me, is when the Holy Spirit falls upon a pipito. 
Epipto. It's a Greek word. He falls upon. It means to embrace with affection. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 47, if you want to write down the reference, while Peter was still speaking, Peter had been sent to, 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 to Cornelius. And while he was still speaking in the house, the words that he was telling him about Jesus and about his death and his resurrection, and while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles are who the, the Jews. See, the Jews thought they were the only ones. They thought God had put, picked them out, put them, placed them, and they were to show the rest of the world how wrong they were and how right the Jew was. That their God was the only God. What the Jew didn't understand, what sometimes we don't understand, is God so loved the world that he gave his son. And so Peter's sitting here preaching, and he's almost ashamed of where he's sitting. He did it by, he had to have a vision from God to go do it. And now, while Peter is speaking and sharing the gospel with Cornelius and his household, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Fell upon them who heard the word. And the Jews who were with Peter were astonished because the Holy Spirit had come upon the Gentiles, the nations, the nobodies. And how did they know? Because they spoke in tongues and glorified God. It was obvious and it was manifested that what was taking place in the Gentiles was the same thing that took place in their lives. And because they saw the manifestation of the Spirit... They began to share the gospel with the Gentiles. And aren't you glad they did because most of us in here are Gentiles. Now here's the point. I knew all of that. But the word fell upon in the Greek means to seize and to catch up in intimacy and the embrace of affection. When Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit on those Gentiles, he was picking them up and embracing them in a love that they had never known before. You say, well, how do you know that? Same word. You remember the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son, the son goes off and he races it all in righteous living and all that kind of stuff. And then when he's coming home, who's standing watching? Who's standing there watching? The father. And the father sees him coming from afar. And the Bible says that he runs out there and falls upon him with kisses. Same Greek word. He catches up that lost son in the embrace of an incredible, powerful love that the son did not deserve, that there wasn't any reason he ought to get it, but he got it all. When the Holy Spirit falls upon us this way... He seizes and catches us up in His incredible love and lets you see for a moment how valuable and gracious He is to you. And He loves you with an infinite love. And maybe that's why, because the Bible says in Romans 5.5, Paul said it this way, And the love of God is shed abroad in our heart through the person of the Holy Spirit that we might shed it abroad to a world. He comes upon us. He endues us. And he falls upon us in his love. 
Now let's read it again, verse 7. The manifestation, the making visible of the Spirit is given to each one for the common good, for the profit of all. The Holy Spirit gives the charismata to manifest His presence and power and the truth of Jesus for the highest good of others. The highest good of others. Not for temporary power displays. Not for some. You see, when Paul was writing this to the Corinthians, the Corinthians had come out of a pagan world where they had, they had been responding to spirits, but not God's spirit. And so they were doing things in frenzy and stuff like that. And all of these things were there. And Paul is saying, well, how do you differentiate? One of the gifts is distinguishing between spirits. But here's how the Corinthians, suddenly the Corinthians, because they got a certain gift, began to look down on the others because they didn't have that gift. And they began to raise up people because they had giftings. And Paul is just saying, listen, the giftings are not about showing who you are. The gifting is about showing who he is. So understand, Paul is giving us a, a true word, but it was also a word to bring us back into place with what really belongs where. The manifestation of the gifts are not for power displays that will make much of you. They're not even for favors that will make people look to you as, as something special. The gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the profit or for the good or for the highest good of the world. Now, verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one of us individually as He wills. The Spirit works in He energizes, empowers, operates. He brings about the effects. The ESV, the English Standard Version, actually is the literal way the Greek reads. In other words, the Greek words are in this order. And here's how it could be translated. And I think probably the best way. All these, the charismata, these people... These gifted people are empowered by the one and by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. It's the Spirit who energizes, the Spirit who makes the effects. He's the one who does it. This implies, in the deepest sense, we don't use this gifting. The Holy Spirit uses us in the gifting. We don't use, okay, I've got the gift, so I'm going to work it up and do it here. No, we just make ourselves available, and the Holy Spirit, according to His sovereign will, gifts us in such a way that He can work and affect the operations of God in every situation. He... (laughs) He's the one that does the supernatural work and the effects of God. He gets the glory, and we get to participate and be the vessel, the conduit, the visible connection of the charismata of God. You have the privilege to be a participant in the glory of God on the earth. You get the gift, He gets the glory. And people experience God for their highest good. If you've trusted Jesus to forgive you, to make you new, to take over and be your life, the Holy Spirit came into your body, took up residence as if you were the Holy of Holies, 
at that moment, whether you realize it or not, it was the promise of the Father, it was the gift of the Son. You literally became His dwelling place, where the Shekinah glory dwells. You may not have known it, but you need to know it now and realize you are not not your own, neither are you on your own. You don't possess God, He possesses you. And if you'll ask Him, He will come Make himself obvious in his person, in his presence, in his power, through the charismata, the giftings by which he sovereignly gives to everyone, each one, to demonstrate through you. (coughs) How? You know, it's obvious God's wanting to do this. It's his will to give us gifts. Then why? Why? Why do most of us have a nominal, normal (laughs) Christian life? Which means we fail a lot. Why is that? One day the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And Jesus taught them what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he speaks above, but I keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. But in the same context, Jesus compares the goodness of our earthly fathers to the absolute and perfect love and goodness of our Heavenly Father. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus said this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The message says it this way, Don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? I want you to bow your heads. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come. I want you to stand with me. With your heads bowed, I'm not you not to look around. Just the whole point is I want you to focus on something. I want you to think of, I want you to picture in your mind, however you picture it, the resurrected Jesus standing at the right hand of the pure glory of the Father. You see him by the throne? And he's pouring out the Holy Spirit on all who ask him. Pay attention to what you see. They're asking. And Jesus is pouring it out. Father, thank you that for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for pouring out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You've always been here, but we come today, Jesus, acknowledging that we can't live this life without you. Acknowledging that we can't live the life you've purposed apart from the Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill me. I ask you to come upon me, fall upon me in the fullness of your love. I receive. Clothe yourself with us. Manifest yourself. I want, you to, I want you to look up at me for just a moment. When I was 16 years old, I was a teenager out plowing in the field, and I was dreaming of a car, dreaming of the car. Now, I worked for my dad, so that meant the pay was not there. And uh, But I was dreaming of a car. I was dreaming. I, I was just thinking of how I could get money and how I could save and what I could do with, with this. And I was just dreaming about a car. And uh, 
I, did, I was broke. I didn't have any money. And so what I was dreaming of was so much less. Because you can't get what you can't afford. So one day I was plowing in the field. We lived on a dirt road about a half mile from a highway. I was plowing in the field and I turned around and I saw turning in our dirt road was a white 1965 SS Impala. You could see it drive. I mean, even the dirt didn't stick to it. And driving up to that, and I was coming to the end of that road, and driving up to that was my dad in that 1965 SS Impala. And he got out of that car and walked around front. I pulled the tractor up to it got off in all of my beauty. My dad pitched me the keys. He said, this is yours. Now hear me. If we being evil know how to give good gifts to our sons, how much more will our Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? fullness of every supply. So the invitation this morning is ask Him. See, the picture I get when I think of Jesus pouring out the gifts, there's a whole lot of people saying, give me mine. Give me mine. Give me mine. I'm asking. I'm asking. It seems like we live in a world today that says, God, if you're going to give it to me, just give it to me. If he wants me to have it, he'll make me get it. There's a Father who loves is waiting on our choosing to say, God, give it to me. I'm not asking for gifts. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit. Because when I get the Holy Spirit and get the giver, I get all the gifts that he wants me to have. And so, whatever picture you picture of what the Jesus is going to do, I want you to sense the love of the Father wanting you to have the fullness of his presence. The full supply, the play rude, nothing lacking. He wants to manifest his life in love and will through you. So ask. These are here to pray with you. We invite you to respond. But more than anything, however you want, however you do it, ask him. Megan's going to sing. We're not going to take long. We're just going to give you opportunity to ask